Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Joint WIT Podcast. My name is Rob O'Connor, I'm a lecturer from the Department of Computing and Mathematics and I normally host the Machine Podcast at WIT. On the line today, we have a bunch of staff from WIT, all of whom are involved in podcasts and produce podcasts of their own. We have Tom Grinsel from Student Life and Learning Podcast. We have Neve McGuire from Engendering Change. We have Jenny O'Connor from The Nerve and we have Bruce Wardrop from Win win. Today we're crossing all the streams and we're going to put out a joint podcast where we each make recommendations for things to do, things to read, things to watch, things to play, etc, etc, over the Christmas period. Um, And I think we'll start with yourself, Bruce, if that's all right. So maybe, Bruce, you might make a recommendation to us for something over Christmas. Okay, well, my first recommendation for anyone who knows me is going to be a bit of a left field choice. I am not ordinarily one for self-help books and that kind of stuff, but there is one that has uh, keeps coming up in my sphere of influence. There's plenty of people around me have recommended this book and I've seen it popping up all over the place. Uh, so I gave it a whirl uh, over the last week and it resonated pretty strongly with me. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, it's a fairly recent book and, and the tagline for the book is the definitive guide to break bad behaviors and adopt good ones in four easy steps, showing you how small incremental everyday routines compound and add up to massive positive change over time. Why would you not want to read that book? Um, but I figured <laughs> seeing as it's coming up to the new year and everyone's going to want to make resolutions and change for the better and all that, uh, this is a fairly decent uh, recommendation. Uh, As I said, the book resonated fairly strongly with me. Um, He makes loads of good points, gives loads of practical advice on how to change your habits for the better. Uh, Gives you loads of information on what causes our habits to be the way they are, whether they're good habits or whether whether they're bad habits and how you can kind of um, harness that to make better systems for your place. The author's main point is that uh, habits are are grand and and the the habits are generally related to goals, something we want to achieve. Um, But if you want to achieve your goals, what you really need are good systems in place to get you uh, moving towards those goals. So this book is all about setting good systems in place uh, to help you achieve your goals through the uh, formation of good, good habits. And reading through it, um, there was a lot of stuff that I noticed that we kind of do ourselves in our daily life um, that are, it's the foundation of good habits. And after after reading about it in the book, I've seen how I maybe I might be able to tweak those habits to make them a little better or reinforce them uh, a little more strongly in, in, for myself and, and in our family. So I yeah, thought it was a good book, a good recommendation for anyone who wants to to, to make some New Year's resolutions and uh, and perhaps be more effective than normal with their New Year's resolutions. That's a very worthy entry, Bruce. I was expecting something with a blazing rock and soundtrack or, you know, 
lots of guns and explosions. Well, wait for my <laughs> second recommendation. <laughs> I wanted to know, is is it mainly um, health and fitness related, Bruce? Well, the, so a lot of the people that I've heard recommending it and, and talking about this book are, of course, in the, this performance and health and fitness realm. Um, but it can be applied to anything, to anyone. Now, a lot of the, the examples in the book are health and fitness related. Um, but no, it can, it can be applied to anything. And he gives really good advices, uh, sorry, advice on how to, to create good habits and how to break down bad habits, regardless of what the habit is. Um, so many of the examples in the book are health and fitness related, but many are also not health and fitness related. And it could easily be applied to anything. He sets it out in a, a really logically and practically um, how he sets out the, the way to behavior change. And that's what that's what I really liked about it. It wasn't fluffy and filler. It was here is a fact and here is how you you act on that fact. Very, very practical and logical. Um, Neve. We might go to yourself now. So Neve from Engendering Change. Hi, Rob. Thanks. Yeah. So my, my recommendation isn't exactly a brand new book. It's Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. So she won the Booker Prize in 2012 jointly with um, Margaret Atwood. But in any case, this is a really brilliant book. It's quite a big book. So you might look at it and go, "Ooh, I'll stay clear of that. But actually, it's just, I just loved it. Over the last 12 months, it's definitely my favorite book. So what is it? It's, a, it's, it's like almost a series of short stories. There's 12 different characters that each get a chapter. They're, um, the, the, each chapter focuses on telling their story. They're mainly black um, women from um, Britain. Um, and their stories are just so different, so vibrant, Um yeah, so I just I just really um, I loved this book. It was very unfamiliar to me. Their stories, uh, the, the different, like you have um, a lesbian socialist playwright, you have a non-binary character, you have a young bride from Barbados, you have a teacher, you have a banker. Their stories come from all walks of life, but they do share certain um, things. It's an intergenerational um, uh, focus as well. So you have like mothers and their children and their grandchildren and you know so it's it's quite interesting the way that's represented too the poetry or the 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 prose that's really interesting it's um again it seems like something that might turn you off it there's there's no capitalization and no punctuation but you know after the first story or two you just completely forget that it all kind of sinks away and you just get immersed in the stories and I, I just loved all of the different stories and then trying to figure out how they connect and try to keep that in your head by near the end of the book is a bit hard, but it, it's brilliant, brilliant book. And Neve, can I ask you a question then? Is that, so a Girl, Woman, Other, is this is this a, a kind of a fiction collection of sort stories or, or, or is it based on true story? Totally, it's fiction, yeah. It's fiction, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so the writer there, Bernadine Evaristo, would be known for, uh, I suppose, previous books that examined... Um, heritage, African diaspora, modern life, women's life, women's experiences. Um, yeah, it's it's really brilliant. It, it is like, it, in one sense, it's like a book of short stories and each story just, you know, draws you in. Um, but in another sense, you know, there is something that connects it at a broader level. Um, so stories of like struggle and joy and 
love, betrayal, imagination, you know, uh, that's what they're the themes as you're kind of looking at. So it's definitely um, I find myself rationing it near the end of the book. I didn't want to finish it. So that's always a good um, sign for a book, I think. That's a great sign for a book. Yeah. Um, Right. So we have Thomas Grinsel from Wittalk Student Life. Uh, How are you, Tom? Good, Rob. How are things? Um, Asher, not too bad. Have you recovered from the All Ireland uh, shocker? Oh, well, not oh, oh, sorry, the All Ireland heartache. <laughs> it was okay for me. I'm a neutral, Rob. So, um, well, I, I was referring to Tipperary, really, oh, Tom. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, thanks, Rob. I know we have our football monster title. So, I saw a good comment there the other day where they were saying, uh, "Did you notice all the the Limerick fellas had to disent had to." Uh, disinfect their hands before they went up to get the trophy and that's because it spent so long in Tipperary now that no one else wants to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't blame him. I would have too. Go on, Tom. What's your recommendation? Um, so, kind of, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a real bookworm at all, but I do kind of like uh, tuning into the odd sport and documentary and I suppose this time last year we would have been looking at Shane Lowry's uh, success in the Irish Open, but um, this year was a little bit different. Uh, we had Sam Bennett, who was obviously a former WIT student. So Bruce might have seen it already, but it's the the Wolfpack Insider. And it's basically, it's a a documentary that's kind of made by the Quick Step, Quick Step uh, cycling team. So Sam is part of that team. And it just brings you through the whole journey of the Tour de France, um, which you might be aware that Sam was obviously the winner of the green jersey and he won two stages, especially I, I think the the big success was winning the Champs-Élysées, the last one, uh, the final stage, which is massive. It's, you know, it's it's 21 stages of pure uh, elation, emotion. There's everything. Sam himself was in disbelief and, you know, just to when he won his first stage just to see like he he didn't believe in himself really he was kind of saying uh how would you put it like his team really had great trust in him like and they drove him all the way to the to the line as well and the mental strength of these ads is just it's mad like but um i don't know did you tune into that one bruce or did you did you see it yet no, and you've, it's, I'm so delighted you brought it up there because one of the one of my students mentioned it to me, and I stuck it onto my watch later on YouTube. Uh, stuck it up there, and I haven't actually got around to watching it. Uh, so you've reminded me now to to, to watch that because uh, I've been meaning to check it out. Uh, you know, obviously Sam having having his connections to WIT and and, and just being Irish in general, um, it was fantastic to see his successes. And I've heard that this is a really good behind the scenes look at what's going on, and you get some really good insight into into Sam's mindset throughout the race. So I'm actually uh, yeah really interested to watch that. And that that's available on YouTube, is it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, and. If if you just type in the Wolfpack Insider and then just tour de France after you, you, it'll pop up on YouTube for you. And it's about it's about fifty five minutes long, um, and you know it's kind of it, it's it's interesting too to see how they manage the whole pandemic and everything because you know it's obviously different for them as well. Um, but you know it's really well put together, and they have loads of other documentaries of other tours as well. But obviously this one was a uh, was was a was taking interest to to myself anyway but uh, I know it was brilliant because Peter Sagan would have been his biggest um say opponent or competitor in that race and um 
it was kind of to and fro in the early stages. And then uh, Sam Bennett, he was leading, say he got the green jersey in kind of stages five and six, and then Sagan got it back or changed hands again for three stages. But then he picked it up in stage 10 and he led all the way to the end. Like, And it was fantastic achievement. And Sam actually is only from Carrick and Shore, which is only short distance for me as well. So, you know, it's nice. Carrick was, they were over the moon. Um the tip and Waterford side, so it was great to see. But uh, I know it was brilliant, great success, and um, there's definitely better things to come from Sam again. Like, but it's gonna be a hard one to top anyway. Right, next up we'll go to Jenny, Jenny O'Connor from the Nerve. How are you? I'm grand. Sure, I was only talking to you a minute ago. <laughs> I, know. I know we're recording in the same house, but I'm upstairs and you're downstairs. <laughs> and this is brilliant because this is a bit where you get you ask me a question and then you have to not talk while I give the answer. <laughs> so this is like a dream, really. <laughs> uh, but go on, Jenny. Yeah. What's your recommendation? Well, actually, it's just interesting. I was interested in Neve's recommendation because that's on my list of things to read, Neve, and I haven't got around to, to reading it yet. And it's one of those things this semester, isn't it? Like I have a big pile of books. I, it could be a, a side table now at this point. The, the height of it. Um, and, you know, I haven't got around to reading half of them. So um, that Bernadine Everisto uh, book sounds brilliant. And I was listening to Desert Island Discs with Bernadine Everisto. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a great, great episode. And another great episode leading into my one is um, of Desert Island Discs is with Anne Enright. And so I, I, the one that I'm reading at the moment is Actress by Anne Enright. Um, and this is a story that's told from the perspective of Nora, whose mother uh, who has a great name, Catherine O'Dell. And she's a famous actress uh, during Nora's childhood. And her star kind of starts to wane as, as Nora grows older. Um, and Catherine eventually has a type of breakdown and is responsible for a shooting as well. So, you know, there's a bit of juicy stuff in there. And Nora documents it all from the wings, essentially, you know. And, and so it's this mother-daughter relationship that is... Um, you know, it's at the heart of the novel, but it reveals kind of what it's like to be simultaneously in awe of this glamorous mother of yours and then to also feel a bit sidelined by that glamour and by her profession. I mean, it's probably how all my children feel, I'd say. <laughs> Uh, but Nora isn't, you know, she's not bitter at the same time. She's not this bitter narrator, despite having to, to kind of eventually nurture and care for Catherine. There's this kind of respect and love at the at the centre of, of the book. Um, and you feel completely fascinated by the lives that they lead. And I was wondering, actually, I know it's a bit cheeky, but I wanted to just read um, just the first. I, I love the way Anne Enright writes. And I think she's just such a she has a great craft with the way she, she can manipulate a sentence and write a sentence. But the very first paragraph of this says, people ask me, what was she like? And I try to figure out if they mean as a normal person. What was she like in her slippers, eating toast and marmalade? Or what was she like as a mother? Or what was she like as an actress? We did not use the word star. Mostly, though, they mean what was she like before she went crazy, as though their own mother might turn overnight like a bottle of milk left out of the fridge. Or they might themselves be secretly askew. I think that's just such a brilliant opening paragraph, because in that paragraph, you kind of get the sense of the complexity of the relationship. You get this kind of, um, you know, 
who is me? Who's the, who's the kind of narrator? You don't really know who the narrator is. And you get this kind of vital information about Catherine. You get the fact that she has this madness that we don't know about yet. Um, and we learn about her appeal and we learn about her celebrity, you know, and it's all in very few words. So it's just, it's a great opener to a book and it continues on in that way. I think it's a really good uh, read and I'm way behind the curve. Most people who've listened, who are listening to this have probably already read it actually. <laughs> but uh, it is on my, it's on the top of my pile right now. I get down to Bernadine Evaristo very soon. And Jenny, is that, am I right in saying that there's there's a kind of a link to Maureen O'Hara with that? Is the, is, is the character's kind well, of based on Maureen O'Hara, is she? It's based on, you know, a number of actresses that would have been, would have had a kind of a, a certain aura and mystery about them, I guess. And they would have been theatre and, and kind of early Hollywood stars and, you know, not early Hollywood stars, but kind of golden age Hollywood stars, I suppose. And um, yeah, this I, she, she very much... Um, like her, her whole image is based very much on this kind of Irish Colleen type role. Um, and yet she's born in London and that's something that she doesn't like to talk about. And there's other things as well that she likes to keep under wraps. So her mystery is very important to the story too. Brilliant. Uh, right, my turn. Um, so I normally host the Machine podcast and I kind of feel like I should be immediately jumping in to recommend some gadget or some tech or something like that. But instead I'm going to recommend a film and this is a film that I saw in the cinema last night. So uh, we're recording this on the 15th of December. And uh, this is a movie called The Midnight Sky. And it's the it's the new one from George Clooney. It's kind of, it's a science fiction, if you like, existentialist, atmospheric science fiction. Uh, this might be for you. It's based on the novel Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton, which I haven't read. And it stars George Clooney and also stars uh, Felicity Jones, who you might know from uh, The Theory of Everything. And she was in Star Wars Rogue One. Um, uh, David Oyelowo from uh, Selma. Uh, he played uh, Martin Luther King in that. Uh, Kyle Chandler, who's in Friday Night Lights and um, Bloodline, the Netflix series Bloodline is in that. It's set in 2049. The premise is that the Earth is collapsing from some sort of an unnamed disaster and they don't really go into that which is quite good um, and George Clooney plays this scientist who's in the Arctic Research Station um, most of the other characters are on a spaceship uh, called the Ether, which has been on a mission to locate an exoplanet that might possibly support human life and um, Clooney's character is trying to communicate with them um, and he's having his struggles in the arctic station and meanwhile the characters on the spaceship ether are having their own struggles um like most good science fiction it's not really about the premise it's about all the themes that are contained within it family um regret the road not taken uh, there's shades of solaris and gravity on it which i think are both quite interesting because they both both of those movies feature george clooney and he's obviously stolen a few ideas from them which is absolutely fine in my opinion uh, i really enjoyed it uh, the scenery is spectacular the cinematography is gorgeous i was delighted to see it on the big screen but if you can't get to see it on the big screen it is available on netflix it's a netflix production and uh, from what i understand it's going to be available from i think next week on Netflix so it'll certainly be available over Christmas if you want to watch it uh, I'd also give a special shout out to the score the music is amazing uh, it's a score by Alexandre Desplat who has done uh, like the Grand Budapest Hotel and he did The Shape of Water um, he also did the score for The Imitation Game which if you've watched that uh, is, is very effective uh, so yeah I recommend that Midnight Sky it's really good film well worth a watch 
we've gone one round around uh, around the houses and so far we've had Bruce has recommended Atomic Habits by James Clear uh, Neve has recommended Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo Tom has recommended the Wolfpack Insider documentary that's available on YouTube Jenny has recommended the novel Actress by Anne Enright and I've recommended the movie The Midnight Sky which is in cinemas and also on Netflix uh, I think we'll get a second recommendation in from everyone so um, let's just let's go in reverse order to what we just did there. Why not? So we'll go to Jenny next. OK, so um, I suppose like many people, I devoured the latest season of The Crown. <laughs> and in many ways, it's a little bit more kind of soap opera-ish than previous seasons, I think. Uh, but, you know, we are in the 80s. I, I feel like if, if we're not allowed a bit of soap opera in Buckingham Palace, then, you know, what's the point? Um, and we have the relationship between Charles and Diana and Camilla that's just so kind of intriguing. You can't help yourself. Um, but the actors that play those roles are, are really top notch. And um, I recognised the actor playing Charles, Josh O'Connor, when um, when I started to watch it. And I was trying to place him. Where did I see him? Um, and I realized that he was in two fantastic films. So I, I thought I'd recommend, well, I'd mention one of them. Uh, I don't know where you might find it. You probably get it on iTunes. But the other one is available on Netflix. So I thought that I would kind of recommend that one. Um, so he stars in a movie, the one that that is probably more kind of an iTunes type download, um, is God's Own Country. Um, and it's a film about a young farmer who has this kind of desolate existence, I guess, on, on his parents farm and um he escapes it all by going drinking and having lots of casual sex and uh eventually all of that starts to be challenged by the arrival of this Romanian migrant worker who's coming to to help out on the farm and their relationship is starts to kind of really evolve and challenge him and change him. They both change each other, actually. Um, and I don't want to give too much away about it, but it is quite a, you know, you have to have some patience for this movie. It's it's a quiet movie and it's a slow movie in many ways, but it's really, really interesting. Um, and his performance is absolutely fantastic. Um, but that's not the one I'm recommending, right? That's what, like, you know, it's down there and to the left, but it's not that way. You have to go the other. Um, so the, the one I'm actually recommending is, is because you can access this on Netflix. And so if you get a bit sick of all the stuff that's on, you know, God knows we don't want to see that one. What's that movie I hate, Rob, again? Uh, the Christmas all of them, movie. All the ones that I watch. No, no, that's <laughs> awful one. The Richard Curtis one. The what? Oh, um, Love Actually. Oh, Jesus. You're not Love recommending actually. that. I, no, I said if you're if you're sick of that, oh, right. uh, then you can go to Netflix and you can find something that's actually good because that's horrendous. So only you is um, a movie, and I hate the title of this movie, but it is a great movie. And it starts out as this kind of indie romance um, with these two characters, Elena, who's played by Leia Costa, and Jake, who's played by Josh O'Connor, who is Charles in uh, The Crown. And they meet in the back of a taxi on New Year's Eve, and it sounds very cliched, um, but actually you're immediately drawn in by their their chemistry and they start this very passionate love affair that might end another movie but it's only the start of this one you know um, and what I love about this film is the way that it kind of exposes the aftermath of those kind of heady beginnings to these you know big romances these big love affairs um, so they, they get kind of carried away by the power of what they're experiencing and the power of their own emotions and they decide to kind of very quickly move on to this quite new stage, this, you know, this big life step. 
Um, and this is where cracks begin to emerge in their relationship. And I think it's just so well observed and it's so well acted. You know, it's all about the way that love can make you do things um, that maybe que ultimately question, you know, your own needs and, and your own ambitions and and what you'll do to hold on to somebody that you love as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's a really good like there, there are very few movies that are about romance and the real deal of, you know, with love, like real what love is really about. And I think this is one of those movies. Um, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I think his performance is amazing. So if you're looking for something good to watch over Christmas, definitely seek that out. It's it's a little bit different from love. Actually, it's like the polar opposite. And that's what we want. That's only you. And that's available on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Tom, we'll go back to yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. Has anybody here been tuned into the Queen's Gambit or has it been? a? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, you get, we'll you're get getting thumbs up from <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I think Neve is giving you dirty eyes because I think she was going to recommend that next as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neve. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry go ahead you probably can all jump in on this go on. much more <laughs> thorough and convincing job than I will I'll ditch it I'll ditch it all. go on Tom um, yeah so the, the Queen's Gambit um, so it's based on a, a 1983 novel written by Walter Tevis and um, again that's called the Queen's Gambit as well but basically we're, we're, we're following the life of say a, an orphan chess prodigy and um, her name is Beth Harmon and so I suppose uh, Bet uh, she loses her mother to suicide early on in her life, and she ends up in an orphanage. And um, she all of a sudden starts playing chess with the with the janitor, uh, Mister Scheibel. I think that's how you pronounce it. But um, we kind of see uh, like they they hand out uh, sedatives and stuff to the kids and. Bet becomes addicted to them and you can see her kind of uh, playing out chess moves on the ceiling and it, it's really mad just to see how you know obviously the child or Bet was suffering from some emotional distress afterwards after losing her mother and not really knowing her dad but um, it's mad how, how like as you see the film develop how driven she is to become the best in chess and that she'll kind of do anything to get there really but uh she also has her breakdowns along the way and it, it's some parts are, are, are a bit tough to watch when you when you see her going through that but i suppose I, I was i was just looking through it it's 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 like a female version of uh they were saying it's a female version of the real life uh grandmaster bobby fisher um so it was kind of interesting just to see that side and and again she was um in a male dominated sport and and it's kind of set in the 60s um but women weren't weren't uh, really allowed play or enter the world championships until the 80s so the mid 80s so that was kind of something that was interesting too and um bet doesn't really kind of she's not one to sit down and study chess she studies her opponents but she really uses her intuition and she improvises as well just in the moment. So it's kind of, uh, it's really, it's one I didn't think I'd get stuck in, but I did. And I'm sure I'm after missing loads there, but everyone else can jump in and, and help me along the way. But it's a hard one to, to sum up, but really enjoyable watch and definitely something to tune in uh, on over the Christmas as well. So, Neve, I'm sure you want to come in on that, do you? 
Oh no, I loved I loved it as well, the Queen's Gambit. But you know, like the junkie that I am, uh, six <laughs> six episodes was a little bit too short. I was just like, oh, how can you do this to me? So yeah. yeah. Do you know, but it was I, really I loved it. I think that was one of the best things I saw all year. And actually, I loved the fact that it was six episodes, that they didn't string it out for 12. You know, it felt perfect. Like, I left wanting more, and you always want that. And I, the the lead actress, Anna Taylor-Joy, she is fantastic. And, and the, the the actress who plays the younger version of her as well, uh, it was brilliant. I And the music was fabulous. The sets were brilliant. Um, I know Bruce and Jenny both want to come in on this as well. I think, yeah, it's funny that we're obviously all fans here. We all loved it. I was just only talking about it at the weekend with my sister and her husband. And they are the only two people that I've come across so far that didn't enjoy it. They thought it was too slow and they didn't enjoy it. I was like Thomas. I wasn't expecting much, but 10 minutes into it, I was hooked, Mm. absolutely hooked on it. I thought it was brilliant. And the way it deals with the themes of addiction throughout, I thought was really, really interesting. And you know, this spiral she that, that 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 she's on. It was just fascinating to watch it play out. And yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. It looked amazing. Everything about it was beautiful. Uh, so highly recommend that one. Jenny, do you want to give a shout for Queen's Gambit as well, seeing as everyone else has? Yeah, well, just to say, it's actually seven episodes, just in case you get oh, to the it? end of the sixth one and then you go, oh, <laughs> hard done by. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, I suppose the main thing I wanted to say was just, you know, I was talking about Josh O'Connor and um, his performance in, you know, Only You, but Anya Taylor-Joy's performance in this is unbelievable. There is something about her face. Mm. I don't know what it is. But it's something mesmerizing and you kind of can't take your eyes off her. She's she's got an intensity about her that works so brilliantly in this role, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with her during the course of it. I hope that I like her as much in the next thing I see her in. You know, she's so she's so perfectly suited to that role. But yeah, I, I loved it as well. Absolutely loved it. She has this look throughout is it kind of it's an innocence but that she'd also cut you down in a second <laughs> and it's it's really hard to describe what it is about her she's like a, a, a i don't know some sort of smiling assassin <laughs> it's amazing she's in one of the best reviewed things of the year and one of the worst reviewed things of the year as well because she's also features in the new mutants which is the kind of the last x-men movie that finally got released after the disney fox merger um that's complete rubbish and really not worth anyone's while watching so if you're half thinking about watching new mutants don't go and watch the queen's gambit instead um neve do you want to give uh, another recommendation there yeah great okay so basically i i picked another book but then i'm gonna i'm gonna do a, a swerve away from that and tell you what i really want to tell you about my book was The Dude. Supreme Court by Rudon McCormack, which, and it's an amazing book, right? So I'm not going to talk about it, but if you're looking for a present for parents, anybody interested in the social, political, economic development of Ireland through that lens of the development of the Supreme Court, definitely get it. The one I really want to talk about is Rita. Now, Bruce and uh, Rob, you might remember me talking about Rita, but Rita is a Netflix series. Um, it has, I think, five episodes, five series and basically, it's it's Danish. It's about a school teacher in in Denmark, basically. And her name is well, the actress is Milla Den- Denison. That's Rita, and then her best friend uh, Hjordus is uh, Lisa Bastrup. <laughs> and I love hearing the Danish language because obviously it's subtitled. But you just again you forget about the subtitles. It is definitely the best thing I've watched in a long time. It just has a bit of everything in it. Basically, she her life is in a mess. She's single. She's got three kids, grown. Um, she's she, like for various different reasons. Um, 
she just doesn't really have a life outside of work. But in work, she's the best teacher you never had. You know, she really champions the kids. She stands up to authority. She's unconventional. I have to say, like, she smokes a lot, which you're kind of watching it going, what year was this made in? <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's Danish. And then you get this understanding of Danish culture. It's not this PC, European, you know, regulated, you know, this idea of Higa isn't politically correct. And you just get this great... Um, insight also into the workings of the school and the politics there and so basically the whole five um five uh series is um look at her life and they delve into it slowly but surely like unpeeling it like an onion and they get to the you know the, the last one it's just so interesting i i don't know if i'm selling it enough but it's just one of those things my parents have watched it a few of the friends i've referred it to they've all really really enjoyed it um so i i would give it give it a go not for children, though. Not for children. Not for children. <laughs> uh, so that's Rita, and that's available on Netflix. Yep. Brilliant. Bruce, have you got another recommendation for us? I do, I do. I'm actually going to cheat a little because I've got two. So very, very quickly, I've got two podcasts. The first one is called The Real Science of Sports Podcast, uh, which is obviously a sports science podcast. So it kind of it falls into my area of expertise there. But it is brilliant. It's really, really good uh, for anyone who has uh, an interest in sport from a lay general level up to if you want to know really, um, really detailed stuff about sport. Now, the conversations, the topics they covered are really, really varied. It's presented by, um, by an academic called Ross Tucker and a sports journalist called Mike Finch. And I think they're a really good combo. They're, they're good friends. They obviously know each other very, very well. They get on really well. So they've got a, they've got a good uh, relationship on the podcast. Ross Tucker is so knowledgeable and so insightful into so many different areas. But then Mike Finch, the journalist, kind of keeps him fairly grounded and asks the questions that the ordinary people might ask and brings them back around to, to, to keeping the topic a bit more general. But they have amazing episodes on a load of different things. Um, if you're like if you, you don't have to listen to them in sequence or in order, but they've got good episodes on drugs and sports. They've got a couple of ex episodes on uh, gender versus sex and sport. Uh, the cast Semenya case and things like that and Ross Tucker the, the host um, was an expert witness in the case that went all the way to the court of arbitration for sport which is the highest court in the world um, for sporting issues uh, so he's got loads of background knowledge loads of information there really really fascinating they do loads of stuff on athletics on cycling on the Tour de France so if you know um, if you're interested in that it's brilliant and a lot of you know you hear reviews of, of, the, of it coming in saying I am not one bit interested in cycling but i love listening to their episodes about cycling so even if you're not interested in it it's excellent that's a very quick recommendation for that i think it's a really really good one but the podcast that i think i want to go with is where's george gibney and um, the podcast that was done by uh by the second captains guys so i see a few people nodding there have you all listened into it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's really really good it's um an investigative uh, uh piece uh, telling the story of George Gibney who was Ireland's national and Olympic swimming coach from 1984 through to 1991 and in 1993 Gibney was charged with 27 counts of sexual abuse of children that he was co coaching but the court case against him fell apart and he fled the country so in the pod the podcast starts off um in the very the very first episode, the opening scene, is uh, the host, uh, Mark Horgan, and uh, his uh, 
and his producer, I think, Kieran Casti, they track Gibney down to Florida. And for, without giving too much away, then from, from then on, it just tells the story um, of, of, uh, of then and now, I guess. So of what was going on back then. Um, there's interviews with some of the victims and other people that were involved in the case. Um, and then it cuts back to, uh, to current times really expertly. I think the way they jump back and forwards uh, in time is brilliant. It's fascinating the way they tell the story. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just brilliant. It's really, really interesting. It is, um, it, it's compelling and harrowing, but without being too shocking or graphic. Mm. Uh, sorry, no, it is shocking. Sorry, compelling and uh, and shocking, but without being too graphic. You know, a lot of the, 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 when the when the victims are telling their stories, it really hits home. But without being, um, you know, they don't go into too much. It's more you get more from what's not being said from what than what is actually said in the podcast. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. There's two episodes left that I actually haven't got to, to catch up on yet. They were only just released in the last week or so. Um, but definitely, definitely worth a listen just from the uh, from the historical perspective, the Irish side of things, the sporting side of things. It's 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 really worth the checking out. It's fun. I was actually going to recommend that one as well. Uh, I think so. No, no, you're grand, Bruce, because it, it's it's brilliant. Uh, and I have listened to the, the, the two latest episodes, the final episodes. And I know exactly what you mean. I think it does walk that line. There's a, there's a line between dignity and sensationalism, or, or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm using the wrong terms. I don't know what it is, but, but it walks that line so well that it's, it's incredibly affecting, but it's not demeaning. Mm. Uh, at the same time um, it doesn't take advantage of any of the, the victims and actually in the new episode there's there's a, there's a, a victim who speaks and um, I was out for a walk listening to it and I just turned around and had to keep going because I couldn't stop listening to it uh, it really is it's a stunning piece of work and to Mark Horgan and uh, the entire second captain's crew uh, like they've produced a fabulous piece of audio um, and actually Gary O'Toole I think comes comes across incredibly well on it and the lady whose name I can't remember and I feel so bad about it but she was the one coach who stood up against him yeah. and the way she was and she was ostracised then yeah yeah, yeah it's, no, it's it's really good and I've actually just in, prep, in, in preparation for today uh, I noted that the, there's two, since that podcast went out, there's two new victims have come forward and brought, um, made statements to the Gardaí and the Gardaí have said that they there's a new investigation that was ongoing, but their um, their testimony has been added to that now. So this, it looks like the whole thing has been, has been reopened again, wow. which is great. Because mm. what's interesting is because that first case against George Gibney fell apart, he didn't face any criminal charges. So he is not a fugitive. He's not on the run from the Guardian in Ireland. He's not wanted for anything in Ireland at the moment. Um, he just got away with this. So hopefully now there'll be some um, justice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get one last recommendation in for me. It's the second one. I'm going to do it in two minutes. And it's, it is a piece of tech. Uh, it's not particularly novel. You might be somebody might be listening, and they might be desperately trying to buy a new PlayStation Five or one of the new models of the Xboxes, and they can't get it. Uh, instead, I'm going to recommend a Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's a great console. They're readily available. They're great with kids, big kids, small kids, medium-sized kids, very big kids. 
it's a it's a great console. Loads of great games available to it. Uh, if you're into retro gaming, there's tons and tons and tons of titles. Uh, it's very accessible. You just pick up and play. Even Jenny's had a go of it uh, on occasion. Uh, there's game. <laughs> uh, there's anything with Mario in the title is going to be brilliant. Uh, there's games like Just Dance is incredibly popular in our house. And then there's more deeper games uh, like The Witcher or there's a game I, I bought this year, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, it's all hand-drawn art. It's got this amazing electronic soundtrack. Uh, so if you can't get a PlayStation 5 uh, or an Xbox and you're looking for a video game for you or somebody close to you, you could do a lot worse than a Nintendo Switch. I have two boys in this house who are on their very, very best behavior. There is a Nintendo Switch um, on, on on a Santa list. So uh, hopefully, hopefully there'll be one here on Christmas Day. And uh, I might be pretty uh, happy with that too in the new year. <laughs> um, okay, well, th- well, that's it for the podcast. So huge thank you to Bruce who recommended Atomic Habits by James Clear and two podcasts, The Real Science of Sport and Where's George Gibney. Uh, Neave McGuire uh, from Engendering Change who recommended Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Uh, also Rita, the series on Netflix and uh, gave a thumbs up for Queen's Gambit. Actually, everyone gave a thumbs up for Queen's Gambit. Uh, to Tom Grinsel from uh, Whitstraw Talks Student Life, uh, recommending The Wolfpack Insider, which is a documentary on YouTube and equally The Queen's Gambit. Jenny O'Connor from The Nerve, who's recommending the novel Actress by Anne Enright and God's Own Country uh, and Only You, which are both movies uh, starring Josh O'Connor and Only You is readily available on Netflix. And myself, Uh, recommending the Midnight Sky movie which is going to be on Netflix very very shortly but it is in cinemas right now and uh, also recommending a Nintendo Switch lads thank you so much thanks for all your podcasts this year it's been great listening to all your stuff you're mighty individuals and I look forward or listen forward to hearing more music or more material (laughs) from you in 2021 there's me going into my DJ voice more music old habits (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, and also I'm just going to let you know one thing Uh, I have made up some cheesy jingle bell jingles for this podcast that none of you have heard as we're recording this so you have to listen in to hear three separate versions of jingle bells and I'm going to end on my sad electronica version something for us all to look forward to (laughs) happy Christmas everyone thanks Rob thanks guys (laughs) Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Christmas. thanks everyone